The views and opinions expressed during Eye in the Triangle do not represent WKNC or NC State student media. Your dial is currently tuned to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1 FM HD1 Raleigh. Thanks for listening. Good morning. I'm Ellie Figgy with Eye on the Triangle, and I'm here today at Second Chance Pet Adoptions. Who am I here with? My name is Mia Xavier. I'm the Director of Development and Communications. I'm Alex Barker. I'm the Volunteer Manager. How did both of you begin to get involved in this program? I have been with Second Chance for only four months. Um, I have a fundraising background and came to Second Chance. Um, They're looking to grow their fundraising and their sponsorships, and so that's what brought me here. Excited to be here. And I came on as their volunteer manager a couple years ago, back in 2022 in February. Um, They were in need of a volunteer manager. We hadn't had one before at Second Chance. And so I think as the organization continued to grow, they were looking for someone to kind of help provide some direction and some management over that program. So um, I ended up seeing them kind of advertise that, applied, and came into here to, to work with them a little bit. How would you say the program has grown since it first begun? I would say in a couple different ways, honestly. I mean, we now have obviously a facility where we're able to house most of our cats here. Um, Most of our little guys that are under six months are obviously in foster homes, but this is the adoption center and this is where we keep most of our cats um, for adoption. And, you know, we're also against kind of stepping out into uh, the transport world with our Hearts to Home Transport program. You know, taking in dogs uh, that are from local county shelters and getting them up north because we know that the south is very overcrowded, you know, at this point with homeless animals. So to be able to kind of not only run a local adoption program with the dogs, but also get some of these guys transported up north to where there's adopters waiting for them there as well um, is a huge, I think, piece of growth that this organization has seen. Um, We've also done a lot uh, with spay and neuter initiatives. We know that adoption is not the only answer to helping reduce the homeless animal population. We know that spaying and neutering is absolutely crucial. Uh, So we've done a lot of work around, you know, not only spaying and neutering of the own animals that we take into our programs, but helping with like community cat projects and and folks like there, uh, some some of the feral cats that are out there in the world that need taken care of as well. Awesome. And we talked a little bit about two programs ahead of time. Um, but if you guys wanted to give a little bit of an explanation to the Healing Hearts program and uh, the FIV Positive program. Yeah. I mean, I can talk a little bit about um, Healing Hearts. We know that, you know, a lot of times there can be barriers to adopting hearts who are considered heartworm positive, um, especially for folks that may not have all the resources to be able to treat heartworm, a heartworm positive dog. So we've made it kind of a mission to, you know, treat dogs that are heartworm positive and still bring them into our programs. Um, we take care of the heartworms within the protocols that are set forth by the veterinary partners that we work with. Um, and then once the dogs are in good shape and they're able to kind of, you know, heal from that, then we work on getting them adopted out. For our FIV program, it's not similar to HIV in humans. Um, it is something that um, animals can get and it can't be passed from animals to humans, but it can be passed from animal to animal through deep bites. So with treatment, um, these animals can live long and healthy lives. Um, and so we bring them in 
and a lot of shelters don't and so we bring them in and, and find places they can be you know live a happy life happy healthy life like other cats in a home um, either with other FIV cats or just as their solo cat. We talked a little bit as well about how the canine flu affected some adoption rates. How has the program recovered from that and is recovering currently? Uh, we are recovering. Um, the canine flu, it hit um, the, about the middle of last year. Um, canine influenza, is, you can't adopt an animal during that time, and so our numbers of animals available um, decreased. Um, but it's something that is treatable, and the animals recovered, and so we're you know, back to adopting as many dogs and cats, um, as many cats as we can. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the adoption process. Is it more difficult than it used to be? Is it better than it used to be? And uh, could you walk me a little bit through that process if someone is interested in adopting a pet from here? We're going to bring on one more person from our staff. This is Jess Martin. She's in charge of our cat program um, and has history with the organization. Hi, Jess Martin. Hi. So I've been here almost seven years. Our adoption process has not changed. With our dog adoption, it is there's more entailed in it because it's a dog versus a cat. So with either dogs or cats, there is an online application. Um, obviously with dogs, because there's more that goes into it, it takes a little longer, usually five to seven days. Um, you apply online since everybody lives in Foster, and then we go through landlord check. Um, we'll contact the vet if needed. And we also require personal references as well as a long-term caregiver if the adopter were no longer able to take care of the dog. Um, we do, we used to do home visits and then COVID happened. So now we do virtual home visits with apartments we don't because they're apartments. Um, and then with cats, it's pretty straightforward. Cats really don't care where they live. <laughs> so it's an online application, but it's a lot faster. I can usually get them processed within 48 hours. So it's just, where do you live? Is there a vet reference needed? Um, and that's pretty much it. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was fun having an expert. You've been involved here the longest, they told me. That is really impressive. Um, and yeah, thank you for your insight. You're welcome. Um, next, I want to talk a little bit about who tends to have the hardest time getting adopted seniors so senior dogs versus senior cats is very different um, I can place our senior cats pretty quickly senior dogs take a lot longer um, dogs a lot of times have more medical issues um, I mean even with our cats we have a few seniors now that have asthma we have a senior that is diabetic we can generally get them placed quickly though. Cats are just easier and they live longer. So it's less of a, I'm gonna bring this animal home and only get a couple of years right. with it. Yeah, uh, and I have to say, um, I, they gave me a tour when I came in and I'm extremely impressed by the facilities and the space they have for all the pets with different ailments, different treatment places. I was even impressed when I first came in to see the size of the the crates that some of the cats are held in because I've seen a lot smaller before. Um, all of these cats have uh, either rooms or crates that have a significant amount of space, uh, more than you see in some places, and it's it's very impressive. Uh, how can people volunteer or get involved without maybe adopting? 
Yeah, there's a lot of ways that people can get involved. Um, I always tell folks, you know, that there's something here for everybody, no matter what your skill set or your talent is. Um, we need help in all the different areas, you know. Um, sometimes folks like to come in and get, you know, interaction with the animals. So they'll do like some cat care or some dog walking or some things like that. Other folks, you know, like to pop in their earbuds and kind of, you know, delve into like the cleaning and organizing and all the copious amounts of laundry that we have to go through. Um, and then we've got folks that sit on the back end, you know, folks that are talented in data entry or folks that can really do a good job with a spreadsheet and keep us organized on some things, folks that help us with event planning. I mean, really, you know, there's no wrong way to get involved. There's there's always a place for, for anybody that wants to be a part of it. Um, getting involved is super easy. You know, the volunteer application form is on our website. We're just looking to get some basic information from folks. Um, and, you know, after I usually get that first inquiry, I'm reaching out within a couple of days to talk about what the next steps are, you know, and how to get folks involved with us regarding you know what you said earlier about how this a lot of students listen to this especially from some of the college campuses around the area this place is sometimes a hot spot for some of the students because it's just close to some of the local colleges as you know especially nc state down the road there um, a lot of times they'll come in and socialize just with the animals just to kind of get a break from like midterms or finals um, others you know they come in because they either want to just like i said get that break or maybe they're looking for hours for a class or something like that or for like a project um, we offer volunteer hours to those guys, you know, as long as they stick around with us and, and you know, help us out and help out the animals. Um, and so, yeah, it's a really good mutual benefit. You know, the animals get a lot out of it. We get the help that we need. And then those folks, you know, especially those students can sometimes get some hours for that. Absolutely. I think that's really important. And we talk a lot about the show uh, with ways that we can improve mental health. And that's been a very big topic, at least at NC State, for the last uh, maybe six months to a year. And so I always like to, you know, bring forth ways that people can get involved in something that, that gives them time to relax um, and get connected with the community. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You know, I mean... By history, I actually ended up working in social work and kind of brought that into here. And so, you know, and we know from the research that we've seen out there is there is definitely a connection in your whole health model about, you know, what happens when humans and animals interact e with each other um, and what happens when you actually end up being of service to something as well. And so that kind of brings out, you know, more of that self-confidence, the self-worth. And of course, you know, being around an environment, you know, if you were that animal person and get a lot of healing from that is going to provide a lot of healing for both you and the animal that's here in our care too absolutely well is there anything else that either of you would like to contribute i would be remiss if i didn't add that we are not a government funded um, rescue organization we rely on the generosity of our donors um, obviously our volunteers which make up a lot of staff time that we don't have as a small and mighty staff um, and so other ways that people can make an impact is we take donations from other organizations and from people if you've got, you know, supplies that would work in our center um, or, you know, we're open to cash donations as well um, to keep the center running. Absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, the three of you, for, for uh, having me in today and showing me around. I had a great time. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning in this Monday morning. This has been Ellie Figgy with Eye on the Triangle. This has been Eye on the Triangle. I'm Erin Mitchell, your guest host right now. Thank you so much for listening to this. You can listen to back episodes of Eye on the Triangle at wknc.org slash podcasts under Eye on the Triangle or just any of the other podcasts we have on WKNC. 
Thank you so much.